What's up, Bandive crew? James here. And before we jump into this episode, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wished there was a way to connect with me as well as other listeners in real time? I have the solution. I finally got around to making a Bandive Discord server, which is people have been asking me for years and I just wasn't listening. I wish I had done this sooner because I couldn't be happier with the results. It's been fantastic. And we would love to see you join us. We have discussions about the music business, gear, the podcast, and a general channel as well. You can join the discussion now by visiting bandhive.rocks slash discord. Again, that is bandhive.rocks slash discord. Welcome to episode nine of the Bandhive podcast. You're listening to the Bandhive podcast, the number one online resource for DIY bands to learn about the music business and touring. If you want to turn your band into a lean, mean touring machine, you're in the right place. Now, let's get this show on the road. All right, welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is James Cross, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Jingris. How's it going today? Good, what's going on? Pretty much same old, settling back into the rhythm after a vacation. We actually took almost a month and a half off from recording, because I was gone for three weeks, and then I got sick. You've been pretty busy too, it sounds like. And it's all culminated with lots of driving for Thanksgiving. Exactly. Which is another reason we had a week off because Thanksgiving, wait, no, Thanksgiving was only four days ago. It feels like it was a week and a half ago, not like this week. That's what a food coma will do to you. Yes. (laughs) By the time this episode comes out, we will have passed Christmas and Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all the other major holidays that happen in December. Because right now, we're recording this on December 1st, and it's going to come out sometime in the middle of January. So on that note, with food on our minds, we've been thinking a lot about good, delicious, somewhat healthy food. We decided we should talk about staying healthy while you're on the road. It seems like that's one of those things that can so easily go off the rails or like so it's so easy to not do that well you're mobile you know on the highway i'd argue probably just as much as you know you're in playing somewhere and not everybody has a generator and a fridge and a small range and a microwave and all of that in and what you've got to drive you around and that's one thing i didn't even think about was we didn't talk about propane stoves or grills Ooh, because i know a band that tour with a grill (laughs) there's not much you can't do if you have like a propane tank and like maybe a generator or something yeah catch-all true but we're not going to get into that yet and we probably (laughs) won't get into that specific arrangement at all because we're going to try to keep this episode short and sweet so to start things off we're going to talk about food sources on the road So to start things off, Aaron, what is the first food source that we have on our list? Well, I think it's probably the easiest. And honestly, when you're driving on the highway, it's probably the one that you're going to see signs for everywhere you look. Of course, fast food, um, whether it's Mickey D's or whether it's uh, Taco Bell or uh, something that you might not think of as, you know, fast food, Uh, you know, a sandwich shop, whatever. I imagine if there's fast food, there's got to be some spaces out there which you can kind of roll your rig into and... Papa John's. Yeah, yeah. Pizza in general, like... The half a step up or the one one and a half steps up. Yeah. 
I guess one other fast food place worth mentioning, Subway. You know, you don't think of it as fast food. It is, and I don't think it's the healthiest, but out of all the fast food options, it's probably the healthier option aside from Taco Bell, like rice, beans, and veggies. Because, I mean, there's not much you can mess up there. But we'll uh, get more into detail on Taco Bell and Subway later, I think. (laughs) In the meantime, yeah, it's in general best to stay away from anything super greasy, super salty, like burgers and fries, or pizza and garlic bread. Been there, done that on the road. (laughs) And uh, sorry, I apologize. It was not garlic bread. It was garlic knots and they were delicious. In general, for your own sake and for the sake of your bandmates or tour mates when it comes to garlic, fast food should be avoided as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It's convenient, it's frequently cheap, and it is fast, but that doesn't mean it's the best option out there. Well, I'm not on tour right now, and I don't think there's one within an hour's drive, but I would totally take Taco Bell right now. But I also know I'm not going to feel the greatest after. So if you're in a tin can driving down the highway for the next couple of weeks or a month, uh, you're not going to feel any better than I would. Yeah. I think St. Albans is the only one left in Vermont. If I'm there, or maybe Rutland has one. I did a gig in Rutland a few weeks ago and I did exactly what you think I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So we've confirmed that Vermont has at least two Taco Bells, (laughs) which is Saying something since we just got our first Target within the last couple of years and uh, the state capital still does not have a McDonald's or a Burger King. I think they got rid of the Dunkin' Donuts. Or is that still there? I can't remember. But we promise we're not talking bad about fast food just because we're from Vermont. No, that's not it. And, you know, I also, I have to say, we don't have billboards and it's wonderful. So you will not True see that. signs driving down the interstate in Vermont advertising McDonald's in 15 miles. And it's actually quite wonderful. The next category that we have is good food. And this is very vague because good food itself is vague. Some of the fast food things we listed, like Subway might kind of borderline cross into good food as far as health goes, depending on what you put on it. But in general, when I say good food, I would mean something that's locally owned and operated, maybe organic, but something that is not frozen in a giant factory, shipped somewhere, and then reheated for 38 seconds on a grill like they do at (laughs) McDonald's. And that 38 seconds depends on the condition of the grill before somebody says, it's not 38 seconds, it's 36. It all depends. Anyway, good food in general is going to be healthier for you. And it's your responsibility to when you're looking for food, there might be good or bad options at the same place. So like you could go to a local restaurant and see you know, a salad or a sandwich with loaded with like grilled veggies. And those are going to be better than the burger and fries, even though it's all local organic hippie stuff. Like there's still going to be a difference. And it's a food episode. I got to say it. I'm vegan. I eat junk food. Like yesterday I had vegan nachos and they were delicious. <laughs> there's no way they're the healthiest thing I could have eaten. Cause it was chips with cashew queso and beans and salsa and vegan sour cream like it was delicious but a salad would have been healthier so it just goes to show i'm using this as a point that even vegan food which is supposed to be all healthy is not always so you have to watch out what you're looking for 
Do you have anything to add to that good food uh, heading? Just to touch on the point that you brought up, which is like, good food for me is different than good food for you, is different than good food for somebody else. But like, if you take it to an extreme, like if you eat the same thing every day for a week, you're going to figure out if it's good food or not. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just if, you, if you're out on the road and I mean, you know what's junk and what's not. And depending on, uh, you know, like the, your style of what you eat or your diet or this or that or the other thing, um, there are definitely options that fall within either of those or any of those categories. And um, if it sounds like it's a bad idea, it might be a bad idea. <laughs> well, and on that note, I think probably, and this isn't for food in general, but if you want a really healthy tour snack, you get a banana and peanut butter mm -hmm. because you get potassium and protein. That'll hold you over till you get somewhere else. So it's always best to have a couple bananas and a jar of peanut butter that's not like Skippy or Jeff or whatever. Like have good peanut butter where the ingredients are like peanuts, oil, and salt. Like <laughs> That's <laughs> a good example of like a cheap mini meal too. Like yeah. the second you said bananas, like oh, 46 cents at yeah. Trader Joe's or whatever it is. There are a lot of times I'll have that as a dessert. I'll slice up a banana and toss some Smucker's crunchy peanut butter in there. Oh, you jerk. I'm hungry now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's so good. That that sounds so good. Yeah, which is, um, what is it, like Amy Scudder's peanut butter out west, something like that. It's the same exact thing, but it's a different name. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that and also make sure that when you're at Target that the uh, sale price is not higher than the regular price because, yes, I have seen that on that exact peanut butter. It was like regular price, $3.49, now on sale, three seventy two. I was like, wait a second. That's not on sale. That's a ripoff. They thought they'd get you with like the yellow highlighty sticker. Yes. And this is not a sidetrack because when you're on tour, you are very likely to be <laughs> at a Target. And even the Target employees that I pointed out to were very confused as to how that happened. Anyway, I'm going to hand this one back over to you, Aaron, which is... Venue food or catering? The best thing ever. Yes. Can be. Can be. <laughs> I've had awful catering in the past. Can be. <laughs> Can absolutely be the best thing ever. But for all of you DIYers out there, definitely I think it would be smart to not to think about catering as being totally free for you. Oftentimes it's uh, built into whatever dealer agreement you guys have made with the gig. Um, so if it's super, super awesome... Uh, you might actually end up walking away with a little less cash than you were hoping to that night because it'll come out of that. But that being said, requesting that the, the gig provide some sort of spread for you uh, might be a great way to, uh, if you don't have a lot of time, um, to kind of source a meal yourself, whether that's because, you know, you've really got to take a lot of time to load in all your gear and, and run your checks uh, and you don't have time to sneak away or... Uh, you're spending all morning and afternoon just getting there or for whatever other reason, asking the venue to help with catering is a really great way to A, save time. It's just there. You don't have to do anything. And B, it's a pretty cool way to, uh, you know, unless they, again, go run down the street and get you a bunch of McDonald's. Like, it's a cool <laughs> way to, like, you know, taste something that probably, uh, you know, sourced sourced locally, whether that means... Uh, sourced locally from the uh, Hannafords down the street or hopefully, you know, from the, the local market, but whatever they have. Um, and 
yeah, that's that's something that if you have to kind of put a little less work into preparing yourself, um, that's an easier way to sort of scale up, you know, what you're eating in terms of quality too. And it might be a, a nice break from if you're kind of slumming it on the highways, it might be a nice sit down meal, a break from the routine. Yeah. And so on that note, I think for most full bands, catering is going to be out of reach if you're a DIY band, because it's something that most DIY venues aren't going to have because you're lucky if you're getting paid. Totally. But the caveat here is I would say if you're like an indie band or acoustic singer, songwriter, anything like that, you're probably going to be playing coffee shops and cafes quite a bit. And that's somewhere where you could say like, hey, you know, like we'd love to get like a free meal out of this too. Like, you know, you're giving us 50 bucks. That's great. But, uh, you know, can you toss us both a dinner? Like say you're an acoustic duo or something like that. And that's something that I would say it's pretty common. I mean, I'm not in that world, but I have friends who are in that, you know, acoustic singer songwriter world. And it seems pretty common that they get a meal out of it or something, um, whether they get paid or not, you know, even if it's like a show they're doing for tips, the venue will still at least have the decency to give them some food. It sounds like that's sort of something that comes easy to uh, the gig because that's, you know, it's what they do and they can kind of hopefully get excited about like, oh, it's something that's easy for us. It's really nice to do for you. And I mean, if I was, uh, you know, one of those sorts of places, like I totally jump on that because it's easy for me. doesn't cost much more than what I'd be doing anyways. And I could kind of write that off as part of the axe payment. The artist will be happy about it. So if you're lucky, the artist would even be saying on stage like, hey, thank you so much to so-and-so for making this delicious food for us. I had a great sandwich. Everyone, you know, go try the food if you haven't already eaten. Something like that. So I think that's probably another partial reason why a lot of coffee shops or cafes would do that just because it's most likely going to turn into free advertising unless the artist is a jerk and doesn't <laughs> like give a little shout out. So that's venue food and catering. I think the next one would be buyouts, which is also known as cold hard cash, which <laughs> also probably would come out of your show deal but it's typically going to be like, here's 10 or $20 for each member. Sorry, we don't have catering. Go buy something nice, a.k.a. whatever you can get for $10, which in some places is not much. <laughs> or it's a good way to like subsidize the uh, missing part of whatever you can afford to yeah. like actually go get, Definitely. you know, maybe to scale your dinner up that night. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, some venues will do like meal tickets and stuff to give away their own meals, similar to what cafes would do. You know, if it's a bigger venue, like a bar might have food, they might have a limited menu or something. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are venues that do buyouts in lieu of saying, here, you have to eat our food. They're like, here's a buyout. Like, you can get food here. You can go across the street to Subway, like whatever you want. For me, when I was touring on Warp Tour, I never got it. There was another tour where I did get buyouts once in a while. And... I, I don't recall any of the venues having food in-house, but we also didn't get buyouts every night. So it was just something that was negotiated. I know it was um, when we were in Canada, we did get a buyout, 
but that was obviously like we didn't have Canadian money, <laughs> which it is true. If you scratch the maple leaf on Canadian money, it smells like maple syrup. They say it doesn't, <laughs> but there's literally a little dot on it, like on the middle of the leaf. You're like, oh, that's something special. And you scratch it and it smells like syrup. So I don't know why they're trying to say, no, our money doesn't smell like maple syrup. It's like, yeah, you did that. You made it scratch and sniff. They're scheming, just get you to do it and then yeah. you go and buy some stuff. <laughs> You'll buy some maple syrup before you leave. <laughs> So I guess it's like their best kept open secret or something. That's funny. So that brings us to the last food source, which this is not an exhaustive list, but we wanted to keep it down to five bullet points. And Aaron, that would be van food. What do you have for us? Yeah. So this one, you're going to have to be a little bit creative, but you can kind of make it into whatever. Um, like I've done gigs where... We've been touring in a shady old sketchy van in the middle of January, and so we didn't really have to worry about refrigeration, and we've totally brought cheese and cold cuts and made our own sandwiches. And then we all got sick because we were all making each other sandwiches and eating the bread that the other guy's gross hands were just touching. Uh, and so we graduated to... Uh, um, bringing a generator along and um, you know investing 25 bucks in a cheapo microwave and then we were able to get a little bit fancier uh, with some of that stuff but I mean we probably both know bands and James I know you you know a few guys who they tour with a rig with you know they what is it they stash a, a battery or a, they stash a generator in their trailer and they can run a bunch of stuff and that's like the more you play with that, the more it doesn't really seem like van food. <laughs> yeah, they have a power hookup from the um, the trailer to the van, and there's a little generator with like remote starting in it. So oh, they press a button in the van, and the so generator rough. in the back starts. And so they have a, a good inverter and stuff in there, and they have a microwave, and they built out bunk beds too. So pretty cool. I did the bunk bag thing, but I, I never got as far as the remote starter for a yeah. second generator. That's another level. And the fact that it's in the trailer in like a separate compartment with a little exhaust thing on the side and all that, like that's pretty impressive. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, you can, you know, if you're playing with that, you can, I'd imagine, stock up at like a wholesale like Costco or, you know, you can just kind of collect, not that it's the best stuff to eat, but collect stuff that won't go bad for a really long time and then definitely good for convenience food when you're on like a a schedule and you can't stop or so definitely not necessarily the most healthy option but definitely a very convenient option and I, i'd argue that there's a bunch of room where you could kind of finagle uh some healthy things in that scenario i recall that they were talking about craft easy mac I think that was one of their Speaking go-tos. Speaking of healthy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not what we would recommend, but it is fast and it is cheap and you can stock up on it and you can, if you're that band, nuke it while you're driving down the road and totally. eat in your bunk. So that is a plus and van food is something to consider. Personally, I would just like, if I got a buyout or something like that, I would order a pizza and then have pizza for a couple of days mm. or uh, garlic <laughs> knots have garlic knots for a few days. Like I mentioned before, be nice to your band or tour mates. Don't order the garlic knots. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. So 
That's a great segue to our next section, which is things to stay away from, aka food and drinks to stay away from. Too many energy drinks to list. In general, unless you absolutely need it to stay awake, you should not be drinking an energy drink. You don't need it. It's just, uh, I've been there. I have driven overnight and I drank two monster rehabs and I did not feel good the next morning. (laughs) Actually, I drank one and a half. I stopped because I could feel my heart pounding. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Too much caffeine. Like, don't, don't push it. So I got to say for anybody who knows me, like, which kind of already disappointed in myself and I'm not even into the story, but um, (laughs) Suburban Samurai in the past has had a Red Bull problem. Never have I felt worse about myself than when I walked out of a Walmart with a fridge pack of Red Bull. We, for some reason, thought that that was a, a good investment. Spoiler alert. Uh, not so much, but, <laughs> and then, but like, ah, man, I can handle, like, there's so many things that are like, whether it's like the commercial or like style, like, like these things are like advertised to like people doing certain things. I feel like yeah. extreme sports or, you know, musicians or, or, or something. And I remember this, I don't even know if it's around anymore, but was it NOS? It came in a can, which made me think I've it like belonged that. in your car, like like oh. it was something you know, like like nitrous oxide. Yeah, like, like it was just not meant. It wasn't food, and but I was driving from a gig in Boston through. Like we got out of there at midnight, which relatively early, but like down to Long Island, um, which was kind of painful, but like you could knock it out. Um, I don't remember what time of year it was but it was because of like the traffic and you know this and that like it ended up taking like seven or eight hours so we we drove through the night and i drank this stuff and totally did the trick totally got to like you know where the hotel we were crashing at but you know and it's like oh i'm awake and then there's like i feel like i'm wired right now yeah like i got in there and like i'm not gonna well <laughs> totally just like I, I feel like I was being like exercised, oh. like it just like n- out the nose, like it, it was left horrible. Your body. And oh. it was like it, it was in there and knew it needed me to like find my, you know, like okay, well, I'm gonna stay in here until Aaron gets into the hotel room and we know he's safe. <laughs> and then like blah, but like that 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 was my like okay, I need to do some thinking. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I need to go to Caffeineaholics Anonymous. That was, yeah, oof. yeah, <laughs> and so that's when you went back to regular uh, Red Bull, right? <laughs> that's so bad, man. So yeah, stay away from unnecessary energy drinks. Personally, I don't like energy drinks. The only one I would ever drink was Monster Rehab, and that's like a peach tea, which still has a ton of caffeine in it. But it's. I like to think not as bad as the rest, but it's probably just absolutely the same in a different flavor. Yeah, it's like any of the. It's 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 so interesting to me, like the whole like the who it's marketed to, and people just I don't know, eat it up. Like I totally ate it up, and then but it's when you're going at it like night after night after night. There's you know those go tos, and you know whether it's like a familiar thing or an easy thing, like. Definitely, I would suggest trying to keep in mind, you know, is this going to do anything for me? Or, and maybe keeping you up through the night 
is doing something for you, but uh, in moderation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would say the other thing to stay away from, and this isn't obviously just for touring, this is in life in general, super greasy, salty, or dehydrating snacks. I do think it's especially important when you're on the road just because of what it does to your body. And if you're cooped up in a van for eight hours and then in a venue for eight hours and sleeping on somebody's random floor for six hours and then repeating, you don't want to feel bad. And coming again from personal experience, if you eat a lot of greasy, salty, or dehydrating snacks, you're just not going to feel your best, even though things like Montrose or other chips, stuff like that, might seem really easy to grab and they are easy to grab. That's the whole point of them. That's how they sell them. It's not the best option to eat every day. And having done that on one tour where I had them almost every day, I would never do that again. Like I would say try to limit it to like once a week or, you know, have one bag that lasts you the week and just like eat a little bit here and there, but don't make that like a meal replacement or something like that. So let's move to our tips for eating food on the road. Aaron, go ahead and uh, why don't you take it away? I guess to kind of sum it all up or sum up all of the things that I could admit (laughs) to (laughs) doing and regretting, you know, chances are, unless you're doing well enough where you don't really have to think about any of this too hard anyways, you're not going to be preparing a meal from nothing every night, even if, you know, by the good grace of God, you are able to, you know, con the venue into, you know, slipping you some uh, some cash or, or making something for you. Uh, if that's not happening every night, you or, or, you know, during the day, even if it is happening every night, you're going to have to piece together something. The best thing that I've kind of been able to piece together has been to kind of like, if I can, uh, and if you can, like, start out with fruit every morning, just like make sure, you know, like a fruit or a veggie or something. You know, highway driving uh, has taken up a lot of my band's time uh, going from, you know, A to B, whether it's something that's routed really nicely or not. Like, you're going to have at least two or three hours between gigs minimum. And that's like not going to happen all the time. I want to put in a caveat there say, if you're doing things right. Because I yes. know bands who will drive 30 minutes and play another show the next night. Yeah. And also, I guess geographically, too. I, I imagine, you know, the further east and, and the further west you go, you'll be able to find, you know, more major cities stuck closer together yeah, or not. Definitely. But totally, like, you're you're going to have a lot of time on the highway no matter how you come at it. And so, you know, the best thing I've been able to do is to try to, and this is going to sound super trashy, but <laughs> like, try to stop at the nice truck stops. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. the, you know, or or like a cheap, like a grocery store. You know, if I have to get into like grocery store, would be you know best because like they probably have the deli or the, you know, kind of prepared foods. But it's you know it's made at a grocery store, so it's you know a little, little nicer. Or you know, if I had to pick one fast food place, um, I'd probably go with like Subway or or something else where you know it's like a little bit harder to like mess up than something else but just kind of try your best and sort of you know treat yourself well because you deserve it and if you don't other people will hate you because it totally affects you know the rest of your day and it affects your mood too so that plays a big part in things do you have a a go-to spot i do um 
being vegan, I don't feel the negative effects of Taco Bell as much as other people do. <laughs> because, I, I mean, rice and beans with veggies in a tortilla is basically a salad with bread. So that's, you know, it's healthy. Rice and beans is a protein. And then you have some fiber with the veggies. I love to do uh, guac, lettuce, tomato, and onion, which is, you know, they have that pico de gallo salsa. So that's pretty good. And that's about it. Sometimes I'll add potatoes just for a little greasy goodness, but typically I'll just do a um, crunch wrap, no meat, no cheese, no sour cream, add pico de gallo, and then all the good veggies and add rice because I don't think it comes with rice. I haven't been to Taco Bell in so long. So yeah, that's one of my favorites. And then, you know, Aaron, what you were saying I think is really good, but also um, some grocery stores, like especially co-ops or Places like Whole Foods, Sprouts will have a salad bar. Sometimes they even have hot salad bars where you can get something uh, as part of that. So that's one of my go-tos is just find what you can find and get some fresh food. Moving on to physical well-being because food really ties into that quite a bit in your diet. And so that's why we've spent so much time talking about food and diet. But it also affects your mental state. Like I was saying a few minutes ago, if you eat bad food, you might be in a bad mood. Or if you eat something that gives you, you know, a stomach ache or diarrhea, which is possibly like the worst thing you can have when you're in a van because you have to pull over every 20 minutes, that's going to put you in a bad mood and make you snarky and irritable. And that's going to affect your bandmates or tour mates as well. So to go hand in hand with all this food stuff, I think it's important that we talk about physical exercise while you're on the road. And that's probably not going to be physical exercise in a way that you would traditionally think of it, although it could be. But just to get things started, Aaron, what would uh, the first way to get some movement while you're on the road be? So this one's probably the one that is maybe the least and most obvious at the same time, and it's the load-in and the load-out. Um, if you're carrying your own stuff, there you go. Like that's, as you were pointing out earlier, that's, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of probably mostly nonstop movement, uh, bending, twisting, blah, 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 you know, climbing, uh, you know, in and out of your van or the trailer, um, you know, uh, maybe trying to be quick about it if it's like super shitty outside. Um, like I've, I've played places where I've been able to like pull the trailer right up to like a street level like dock so like pavement all the way down right onto the stage which was the weirdest thing because that's not usually how it goes for me <laughs> <laughs> but and usually how it goes is like i remember this one place in providence where you've got to like bring all your stuff up like a set of stairs it's no more than five or six feet wide like three stories and it's like totally killer is that the old firehouse I don't know. I think it's alchemy is what I'm thinking of. And it's, I don't know how new it is, but it's, so that's, that's like painful, you know, like an awesome <laughs> room once you get in there, like the size is perfect and everything, but like painful load in, uh, it's not a surprise to anybody. And, uh, you know, but so it's different nights you're going to, you know, it's going to take 20 minutes and other nights it's maybe going to take 40 minutes if parking's not part of your deal like there's a whole nother thing like just yeah. you know even the stuff with wheels on it like you gotta push it 
lift it up. And, and so, sidewalk cracks are the worst for that because yeah. you'll be rolling along and then it just like stops and you slam into it and like bust your gut on the corner of the case and like, oh. yeah, you're going to get a good workout and you're going to get a little beat up, like even under yeah. the best of circumstances. But I mean, you've also, what, you've got like other tools at your disposal. Like you could probably use your van and. Yeah. This is not something I've done personally because I'm lazy, but I do know bands that are <laughs> very fitness minded and as I should be too, they will do something like whenever they pull up to a truck stop, basically whenever they park the van, they will jump out, do some laps, like three laps around the van and then, you know, five push-ups or something like that. And obviously that's only going to work in good weather uh, or at least not cold weather because if you do push-ups in the snow, you're going to have frozen hands and like your knees are going to be wet and like... It's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you're in a place like Southern California or Arizona where it's like nice 98% of the time, this is very doable. And you can always still do the laps and then just, you know, do the push-ups when you get inside at the venue or something. But, you know, if you're driving for six hours, you're probably going to stop at least once, if not twice. So that means you're going to have, you know, like two minutes of running and 10 push-ups, which is not a lot, but it does add up and something is always better than nothing. So that's one recommendation I would make. You've also got, like, I imagine that would just kind of make you feel better. Like instead of sitting in the van for six hours, you just get up and move around and like make a thing of it. Like, cause that's definitely, that's not going to happen unless you make a thing of it. Yeah. I made a point of that. There would be, I've been on tours from anywhere from four people in a van to like 10 or 11 in a van. And there would be people that are like, no, I'm just going to stay in the van or they'd be asleep on one of the bench seats. If they were one of the lucky people who got a bench to themselves and not get out at the truck stop. And I would always get out. I'd be like, you know, if I didn't have to go to the bathroom or something, I'd be like, oh, well, let me get out and pump the gas or like stretch my legs or something just to get out of the van. Because there actually is, if you're sitting too long, I forget what the condition is called, but it happens a lot when people are flying because you're not moving your legs and you get a blood clot in your leg, which in itself is not super dangerous. It's just painful and they can take care of it. But what is dangerous is if that clot loosens and then gets to your heart and you have a heart attack. So that's And if one you've of been things, eating fast food. You're more susceptible to a heart attack. That is true. And uh, so that's one of the things like typically people don't get it when they're driving, but it is something that could happen. So it's best to just get up and stretch your legs every couple hours. Um, you know, take whatever opportunity you can get to just get some movement in your body and it's going to be better for you. And even if you're napping or something, you're probably going to be sleeping better if you get fresh air for two minutes rather than staying in the stinky, humid, like totally. awful van air. <laughs> but speaking of stinky atmospheres, like oh, get like a gym membership. Yes. Um, I know. I don't think this one's as much of a secret, but like a 24 hour, like a, you know, Planet Fitness or, or something like it. You know, I know there are a few of those that are scattered quite far. And, you know, if you get a pass, they'll let you go in there and work out and take a shower or like bring a plus one or, you know, whatever the deal is. And that would be worth it. And that's probably now that I'm thinking about it, like if you've got a day or two or you've got a bunch of time on your hands, like that's probably a good way to spend that too. You know, at least a few hours kind of 
move around, make up for all the not moving that you're going to be doing when you're sitting in a van or sitting waiting to play after you load in or something. And and what was it that you said earlier? Like the shower, the <laughs> the hygiene is the reward. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, and I don't think this should be taken seriously. This would probably cause more problems <laughs> than good. But, uh, you know, a lot of bands do say, let's get gym passes and we'll go shower there. So I was kind of teasing about, hey, you know, if you don't exercise, you don't get to shower. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good then, incentive though. Yeah, and it would be, but then I'm afraid some people would just be like, okay, well, I won't shower and then the van stinks and you don't want that either. But that is something <laughs> if you're all looking for motivation, you know, you don't want to be the stinky person on tour. Like nobody wants to be that guy or that girl. So just set yourself a goal. Say, I'm going to exercise for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Like obviously you don't have all the time in the world when you're on the road. You will got to get where you're going. But just... Before you take a shower, 20 minutes, you know, get on a treadmill, do a bike. I know Planet Fitness has that like a speed room or the, it's like a 30 minute room and it exercises a bunch of different things in those 30 minutes. So do something like that. Just get a general workout or just do some cardio, get on a bike, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and get your blood going. And then when you get in the shower, one, you'll really need it because you'll be extra smelly probably. And two, it'll feel that much better because your body will be warm and ready for that first cold, frigid blast of water. That does it for this week's episode of the podcast. Aaron and I really hope that you can take what you learned today and apply it to your tours so you don't get burned out, you don't get too terribly homesick. Of course, being homesick is something that comes with a turf, but we want you to be healthy and happy while you are on the road because for bands, realistically, being on the road is a big portion of your life. So that being said, if you have any questions about what we talked about, head on over to our Facebook group, just go to bandhive.rocks group and you will be directed to our Facebook community where there are hundreds of other artists and musicians who would be happy to share their tips and tricks for touring with you. Aaron will answer questions. I will answer questions. Our other co-host Matt will be there as well. Plus, like I said, hundreds of other DIY artists who can share their experiences and knowledge with you. So thank you again for listening. Please go over to the group and check that out. As always, we will be back next Tuesday, anytime after 6 a.m. Eastern. Have a great week and keep rocking. Hey, you. Yeah, you with the headphones or the speakers. You've made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. While I still have you here, if you're not already in the Bandhive Facebook community, it would be great to see you there. We have over 600 like-minded musicians who are asking questions, sharing their experiences and advice, and much more. So if you want to improve your band's business, look no further than the Bandhive Facebook community. You can find it by searching for Bandhive on Facebook, that's B-A-N-D-H-I-V-E, or going to bandhive.rocks slash group. Again, that's bandhive.rocks slash group, and that will automatically redirect you to our Facebook community. I look forward to seeing you there soon.